seek to honor the Lord this week. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on the things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with Him in glory. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetous, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all, put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds." And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all in all. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Lord, we come to you again asking you to bless the reading of your word. God, you have promised us in your word that the Holy Spirit would teach us. And we're asking you, Holy Spirit, to teach us your word this morning. We need it. And we need to be changed. We need to be more like Jesus. And so we come to you asking you to open our eyes and our hearts and our minds. Help us to receive this word. And may we believe it. And may we go out victorious in it. And Lord, may we tell others about it. God, we need you. We need you to show up, Lord, this morning. And we need you to shake us up for your glory. Lord, I ask you for your help. I cannot do this without you. And I pray that you would just take this message and use it for your honor and your glory. Again, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name and amen. Thank you. you may be seated. In chapters 1 and 2, we, talked, uh, we studied the preeminence of Christ very extensively and how that Christ is preeminent over everything, whether it be ministry, whether it be your life, whatever it is, the church, Christ is preeminent. He is first in rank over everything. And just as in Romans chapter 12, Paul transitions... And to a more practical side, here in our text in Colossians, he is moving from the doctrine of pre, uh, the preeminence of Christ and he is going to talk to us practically. And what he is telling us, and if you get this, this all makes sense if you understand this. What he is telling us is this. We need to be practically 
what we already are positionally. We need to be practically what we already are positionally. In other words, what he is saying is what Christ has done through us for us through his grace and his mercy ought to come out of us. And that's essentially the message this morning. Charles Ryrie, and I quote, and I read this, he says about this portion of Scripture, Become in experience what you already are by God's grace. Become in experience what you already are by God's grace. Now he begins with two commands. The first command he begins with is, he says in verse 1, If ye then be risen with Christ, number one, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. The second command is set your affection on things above, not on the things of the earth. So he begins with a command and he begins with this word if in the King James Version. This word is not a conditional phrase. In other words, he is not saying if you're really genuinely saved, do this. It's not what he's saying. Actually, that word if there should be translated, can be translated, in many places is translated since or because. Since you are risen... Because you are risen with Christ, that's a very important thing that we understand. Guys, we have no excuse. We have no excuse for not being salt and light. We have no excuse for living the resurrected Christ's life. Why? Because that phrase right there. We are risen with Christ. We're risen with Christ. And based on being risen with Christ... He goes and gives us two commandments. The first commandment is seek those things which are above. Seek those things which are above. Seek simply means to go after, to look, to search for. How many of you have ever lost something and when you lost it, you sought to find it? You didn't just look for 10 minutes and give up. I remember one time we were camping and at the campground there was this uh, uh, lake or a pond. And they had put sand, and it was actually a pretty clean, you could see the sand in the bottom. And my daughter lost her ring in there. And it's sand all over the bottom. Well, the kids searched and searched and searched, and they couldn't find it. So the next day, my father-in-law, they had come to visit us at the campground. We were walking down by the, the thing, and I said, Kendall lost her ring in there, and I, I would like to find it. And would you believe that we walked right up there, and I looked down, and I saw something shining on the, on the bottom of the lake. And I said, don't move. Because, you know, if you stir up the water, you can't see it. So here I am trying to go right down there and get my hand on it real quick. And can you believe we found that ring? That's a true story. But we, the point I want to make is not that we found the ring, but the point I want to make is that we sought for the ring. We kept looking for it. Guys, listen to me. What are you seeking in life? Are you seeking greatness for yourself? Are you seeking for your success in business? Listen, you'll not be successful if Christ is not preeminent. You might be successful in the world's eyes, but let me tell you, that all comes to an end. There's a multi-billionaire that died not too long ago, and someone said, how much did he leave? And the wise old preacher said he left it all. He left it all. But the world has tricked us into thinking that if we go after material possessions, or if we just had a little bit more money, we'd be happy. You know what it is, don't you? How many of you ever felt this way? How many of you ever felt like you had a little bit of savings up and you saved up and you felt, now I can breathe a little bit, I got a little savings in case something goes wrong, right? How many of you ever felt that way? You know what you're doing, don't you? You're trusting in that savings, you're trusting in that money rather than trusting in the Lord. Now I'm not telling you, saving is wise, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying not to save or anything like that. I'm just telling you this. If you're seeking after material things, you're going to struggle in life. 
And you may look successful on the outside. Why is it that the success, uh, the uh, divorce rate of Hollywood and famous people is astronomically through the roof? Drug use is rampant among Hollywood crowd. If they're so ha- if they're so successful, why are they so unhappy? If they have anything they can want to buy, they can spend money on it, they can go get it anytime they want, why are they so unhappy? I'll tell you why. Because they're not seeking things that are above. Now the context tells us what these things are above. Two, in both verses, he can, he, there's a contrast made. The contrast made is the things above versus the things on the earth. So basically what he is saying is eternal versus temporal. So when we say we're supposed to seek the things which are above, then we are to set, we are to go after eternal things, things that are going to last. Ever so subtly, we have been torn apart of our relationships. It's so easy to send a text that we never have any face-to-face conversations anymore. I'll, I'll be driving down the road, somebody's texting me. And there are like 14 texts, and I can't even reply to the first one, and I forget what the question was. And I call them back and say, hey, wait, you know, listen, I'm, I'm a hunting pecker. You know, I can't, I'm not, i got to look, you know, find the letters and go there. Some of you guys are, you know, I can't find it. But society is trying to remove relationships. You know one of the things here on earth that, was, that God gave us for our real genuine good success is relationships, each other. We can't wait as soon as the church is over to get out of here because we've got, we got to beat the other crowd to the restaurant. We've got to get there before they get there because, you know, if they get there, then we have to stand in line. And Lord, Lord knows we have to stand in line. We don't want to do that. So we are... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Carla. It, uh, the, the Lord knows, listen, that we need relationship. And we ought to be seeking things that are eternal. What's going to last? Our relationships are going to last. What's going to last? I'll tell you what's going to last. You know, what's happened is we've let these scholarly guys and ladies come in and start criticizing and scrutinizing everything in the Scriptures and taking it away from its intended meaning. It's plain, simple what it means. And they're arguing over this, that, and the other. And they tell you you've got to be this to be saved. And everybody's questioning everyone else's salvation. And they're arguing about over all this stuff. Let me tell you something. That is a tool of the devil. And what's happened, if you will look historically, baptisms are at its lowest rate in the Southern Baptist since like the 40s or 50s. Because they're uh, arguing over reform doctrine and all this stuff, and you got these guys who are critical of everything, and they think they're scholars, and they're talking about Erasmus and all this other stuff that nobody cares about. And we're not telling people that you're lost and you're dying and you're going to hell and you need Jesus Christ as your Savior. We want a name for ourselves. We're not seeking things above. We're seeking our own, our own prosperity. And so we need to seek after it. We seek after things for our kids. We want our kids to be successful. We pour everything into them of them being the greatest athlete. I see it at the ball field. And I roll my eyes. You know, kids in T-ball. And the dad's already positioned trying to get a college scholarship. (laughs) T-ball. In two years, I mean, he's out there making dirt angels. In two years, he's chasing birds. He, He may not even want to play ball. But we force our kids and we think, man, if they're better than everybody else and we work them seven days a week. I've seen it 50 times. That's not hyperbole. Not really 50 times. I've seen families work so hard and travel all weekends to get their kids all this stuff and then they graduate and they go to college for one year and then they're like, I don't want to play sports anymore. I'm burned out. 
burned out. We're not seeking things above. Everything is taking precedence over the preeminent one that we just learned for two chapters. He is preeminent. He's preeminent. And we're to seek the eternal things, things that matter, things that when we stand before Jesus Christ and we hear, well done thou good and faithful servant, and those things we can take and return back to Him and give Him glory. Seek those things which are above. Number two, he says... He says, um, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Set your affection. Simply could be put interpreted, set your mind on the eternal, not the temporal. Things that are going to last. How many of you re- realize this when your kids were growing up? You tried so hard to have the perfect Christmas gift for them, right? And you get the perfect Christmas gift for them and they play with the box. When they were little, right? I mean, you remember a couple years ago when two grown men actually got in a fist fight over Tickle Me Elmo? How ridiculous is that? Women are at the, the point of having a nervous breakdown trying to be perfect for your kids and get the right gift, and then they play with the wrapping paper. We set our minds on things. I don't even know what's going up here. I don't want to know. Well, Harry in this row right here. Harry and you. I'll just be. I'll straighten up. Harry here is. He's mayhem. <laughs> but guys, listen. We 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 stop setting our our mind on things on the on 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 things above. That we've set it on the earth. So many people are so wound up and bent out of shape of all this political stuff that's going on. I know how the story ends. I've read it right here. I know that Turkey and Russia and China are going to come together and go against Israel. I know because the book says so. And we're worried about that. And we're all bent out of shape. I quit watching the news. I, I, I gained you know, some emotional stability right there. Just quit watching the news. Set your mind on eternal things. Let me eternal things. Do you know that this church is so loving and so giving? Every Sunday night and Wednesday night, we feed kids into you that are in Sunday school and you may not know what's going on. But we have children who perhaps don't eat much through the week. And they're fed here. We had one little girl this tall, nine. God is my witness. There's people that witness it as well. Nine bowls of soup she had. Nine. Chicken noodle soup. That's, that's setting, when we go and we do that, not so that we look good, but we do it because we, want to, we love Jesus and He's preeminent and this is what He would do, so this is what we're doing. That's setting our mind on the eternal things. That's setting our mind on the eternal things. We take kids to church camp. It's free. And people are like, how, how in the world? I don't know how. The church just does it. It just works. It's God. It's God, and He works, and we take those kids, and we love on them. And I'll tell you this. When I was at Abundant Life, we had a, a young lady there, and she was struggling. And uh, with conversations with her parents, I said, well, can she come and be a counselor? They said, well, she's not spiritual enough. I said, I understand that. But can you just let her come and be a counselor? And she came to our church camp, and she was a counselor, and she worked with those kids. She stayed there. And God did something to her that week. 
And her life dramatically changed around. Now she's married, uh, serving the Lord. They've got a family. And she tells us today that going to camp, that eternal thing of going to church camp and working is what changed everything. But guys, we're so enamored with the world. We can't set our affection on things above. And we can't seek those things which are above because we're seeking everything here on the earth and we're setting our affection, our mind on everything on the earth. We don't have time to read the Word of God, but we can spend four hours browsing on Facebook watching cat videos. And you know it's true. Whoever that one thing that everybody keeps showing with that woman and the cat on the other side needs to be horsewhipped in Jesus' name. I mean, come on. We, we can't... I love you guys, and, and some of you are here, but I'm going to use it because it's, it's me and something in my life. We, we can't get up on a cold, cold Saturday morning and go out and invite people to church, but it doesn't stop us from sitting on the side of a tree, hanging out in sub-zero weather, trying to stick a deer. Somebody said, well, thank God I don't hunt. Yeah, but you got something else in your life. Listen, we're not seeking and we're not setting because our seeking and setting's been done on the earth. We're not doing it up above. And so he says, these are the commands. Now, why would he say that? Look at verses 3. Verses 3 and 4 answer the question why we should seek and set. Look at verses 3 and 4. For ye are dead, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with Him in glory. Three things in this verse. There are three reasons why we should seek and set on things above. Number one, we're dead to sin in the world. Let me say that again. We are dead to sin in the world. Romans chapter 6 and verse 2 tells us, I think he's got it up there for us. Romans chapter 6 and verse 2 tells us, God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? You're dead. Dead men don't talk. <laughs> it reminds me of the fella. He said, when, when, pe- when you die and people come around and look at you, what do you want them to say about you? And he said, I want him to say, look, he's moving. <laughs> Dead men don't talk. Dead men don't walk. Dead men don't look. We're dead to sin and the world. Over in chapter 2 and verse 20, he tells us this, Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ, from the rudiments, the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, are you subject to ordinances? Even in their religion, they were setting their affection on things on the earth. And Paul says, you're dead to sin, you're dead to the world, the world has no control over you. Galatians 2.20, for I am crucified with Christ. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. You and I have been crucified with Christ. We're dead to sin. That's why we ought to set our affection and seek things above. 
Number two, he tells us that we ought to because our life is hidden in Christ. Our life is hidden with Christ in God. If you would care to look in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, he says that we walk by faith, not by sight. We are hidden in Christ. Do you know that when you came to faith in Jesus Christ, there was a great exchange that took place. God no longer sees your sinful past. He no longer sees all that you have done. But now He looks at you through the crimson colored lens of the blood of Jesus Christ. You and I are hidden in Him. Aren't you glad? We stand on Christ's righteousness, not our own righteousness. It's not what we do for Him, it's what He's done for us. And because of that, we walk by faith, not by sight. That's why we seek those things are above. That's why we set our minds on things above. Because we're hidden in Him. And we're walking by faith, not by sight. Number three, Christ is our life. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with Him in glory. Aren't you glad? Aren't you going to be glad you'll be with Him? Man, I'm telling you this. Listen, you're going to share in His glory. But we'll share it for His magnification, not ours. Christ is our life. John chapter 14 and verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the what? The life. The life. Guys, listen to me. Christ is our life. So based on those three things, we follow those commands. Now, how, how do we do this? How do we do this? Well, I'm glad you asked. The remainder of this text shows us how we can do this practically. He gives us practically, practical illustrations. Notice in verses 5 through 7, number one, we mortify, which means put to death. How are we going to do this? How are we going to seek? And how are we going to set? And how are we going to do these things? We are going to do them by, number one, putting to death some things that need to die. Look at verse 5. Mortify, that means put to death, therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and the covetousness which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the, which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. So Paul says, the first thing, if we're going to seek and we're going to set, the first thing we've got to do is we've got to put to death some things. We've got to put to death some things. Fornication, it's got to, be, got to go. Uncleanness, got to go. Inordinate affection, got to go. Covetousness, all those things have to go. Have to go. Put them to death. Kill them. Don't play with them. Kill them. And you say, well, pastor, I can read that list and I can tell you that everything is well in my heart with those things. Well, great, let's go on. Notice what else he says. In time which you also walked in some when you lived in them, but now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you put off the old man with his deeds. The second thing he says is put off the old man. Put it off. It's like taking off a jacket. Take it off. Get get away from it. You say, well, the Bible says, be angry and sin not. I know the Bible says that. 
But right here, Paul says, put away anger. Put away malice. You know that malice when someone's done you wrong and you hope that they get, they get what they deserve? That's malice. You hope they get it. That guy flies by you and is on your tailgate and you get over and he flies by and you say, man, I hope the state trooper gets you up there. <laughs> With your little Jesus fish sticker on the back. We were in Tennessee last week, and this guy comes up in this Mercedes man right on my tail and tailgating just goes through me. If I was in my truck and I had that hitch on my truck, I was thinking, I'd give you a nice little hood ornament. But that's not right. I confess. I confess. I confess. But this guy passes us, man. He goes around us and gives us a little of these looks, and he gets in front of us. And his license plate said Psalm 37.4. I thought, hmm, that's interesting. Y'all can look it up later. I said, that's interesting. Put off. Put off. Put to death. Guys, listen. If you're still flirting with these things, you're not going to seek and set. And I am here to tell you, I am, we've got to get over this notion, somehow that humanity has this notion, that we can do what we want to do, and everything will be alright. That got Israel in big trouble. Let me tell you this. You do things God's way and you'll be just fine. If not, God's going to deal with it. And I'm not going to browbeat you. If you want to go live in these things and you want to live on the periphery of anger and malice and all that, you go ahead. But let me tell you something. You're going to deal with God one day. or He's actually going to deal with you. So go ahead. Go ahead. You want to keep doing these things, God's going to take care of it. He is going to deal with it. He is not going to let His children walk in disobedience without correcting them. And if He does, then you're not a child. That's what the Bible says. He uses stronger language. Then He goes on to tell us in verses 10 to put on some things. You've taken off the bad, now let's put on the good. Verse 10. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. In the knowledge of God. In that image of him. Guys, listen. Our goal as believers is not to go to heaven. If you're saved, that's the only place you're going to go. Our goal is to be conformed into the image of our dear Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 11. There's no... There's no racism in this verse. There's no, there's no division here. There's, there's no bias. There's no, it's unity. Verse 11. Where there's neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all in all. Christ is a uniting factor. There's no bias. There's no, it's unity. Put on unity, one in Christ. Love your brother and sister. Verse 12, put on therefore the elect of God. Act like what you are. Be like what you already are. You are the elect of God. And don't get all bent out of shape over that. Thinking, oh, well, you know, choosing and choosing. That's not what he's talking about. 
Your very believing in God shows that you were chosen. And you believed in Jesus. You're the elect. Don't worry about it. Don't get all bound up in all that argument. And I think that's what's hurting us today. We're arguing over this stuff. And we're not telling people about Jesus Christ and getting them saved. And the devil knows that. And he wants us to argue thinking we know more than the other. And guys are, uh, well, this person can't be saved. and this person, Well, you're not God. He died for all. A-double-L. You know what all means in the Greek? All. Oh, thank you. Notice what he says. Holy and beloved. Now, now we're getting to the things we're supposed to put on. Bows of mercies. Kindness. Humbleness of mind. Meekness. Long-suffering. Forbearing one another. And forgiving one another. These are eternal things, guys. These are the things we focus on. You say, well, I, I can do the kindness, the humbleness, the meekness, the long-suffering, but forbearing, I don't know, there's some people. Well, listen, whenever you put a comma where God puts a period, you're going to have a problem. Did you get that? Wherever you put a comma that God puts a period, you're going to be in trouble. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any... Even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. Paul pulls out the greatest sacrifice and says, if Jesus forgave you, you forgive them. This is what he's saying. This is how we seek and set. This is what we're going to put on. We're going to put on humbleness, humility. We're going to put on meekness, power under control. We're going to put on verse 14, above all these things, put on charity. Charity can be translated love in action. Other translations translate it love. But I think charity has more of a a weighted approach to it. It shows that it's not just saying I love you, it's showing you I love you. Which is the bond of perfectness. The peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which you also are called in one body, and you be thankful Man, coming up on Thanksgiving, he says, be thankful. These are characteristics of a Christ follower, the resurrected life. These are the things we put on. This is how we should be characterized by being thankful, uh, being full of mercy, being kind, uh, humility, humble, meekness, long-suffering patience, forgiveness, love. And in opposition to the world and the corrupt communication, verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And here's the qualifying thing. Those who seek and set, they've understood one thing, that whatever we're doing, whether I'm speaking it or whether I'm doing it indeed, I'm doing it all. To the glory of God. Because chapters 1 and 2 show me that He is preeminent in all things. And that is the qualifier, guys. The reason why I do all this, the reason why I do all this is because Jesus Christ is preeminent. And because He has, he has taken me from a, a life of death and hell and has saved me and given me a new life. And I am resurrected with Him. And now that resurrection life is in me. And I live a life like Jesus, not like the world. And so therefore, if I'm going to live a life like Jesus, 
Because positionally, that's what I am. I'm a child of God. I'm His physical representation on this earth of Jesus. Then I ought to be practically what I am positionally. In other words, my life ought to line up with what God says about me. And I tell you this. We do what we want to do. I get so sick and tired of people making excuses. We do what we want to do. Well, preacher, I just can't handle myself. I walked by and, I, and that donut was there and I just I tried so hard. And I just, you did not. You didn't even try one bit. You walked by and saw the donut you wanted, you ate it. And you can spend all day convincing yourself that you didn't want it and all that. You're only lying to yourself. Take that garbage off. Eat the donut and enjoy it. Can I just say, in the Bible, fat is a good thing. Look it up. They, it was so good, they even spelled it P-H-A-T. It's a good thing. You just look at When they talk about goodly, when the Bible talks about he was a goodly man, that means he was husky. Where yet, Chester? He was husky. And like damn apples. Husky in Jesus' name. I'm in the Bible. He's a goodly figure. That's a rabbit trail. I have no idea where it came from. Listen. Listen to me. We have to become in experience what we already are by the grace of God. And that's what Paul's saying. We, the whole reason he argued the preeminence of God is so that we know that whatever we're doing, we're doing it heartily as unto Him. We're pleasing Him. The, ne- the remainder of the chapter, I could finish the book today. Because... He's going to give practical examples throughout the remainder of the book. He's going to talk about this as very applicable in the home. It's very applicable in the workplace. It's very applicable in your spiritual life when you're praying, when nobody's there. Oh, it's all outlined right there in the Scriptures. Just go through and read it. He's laying it out. The bottom line is, guys, we don't seek and we don't set our affection on the things above because we've set them on the things of the earth and the things of the earth are more important to us and we don't want to give them up. So we hang on to them with one hand and we hang on to Christ with the other hand. And what happens is we're getting stretched out. And a lot of people are burning out spiritually because they got one hand in the world and one hand in Christianity. Remember Stretch Armstrong? That's what we're being done. That's, why, that's where spiritual burnout comes from. I've never met someone that's truly consecrated to the will of God that's ever been burnt out. I see Carolyn, and I think of your father, Paul. I'll just be honest with you. One of the most godly men I've ever known. One of the most godly men I've ever, I've ever known. And I believe if anybody ever, and this is just from my knowing him, if anybody ever set their affections on, on the things above and sought the things above, it was Paul Arthur. Am, am I telling the accurate picture? Yeah. And uh, I'll never forget, I, I, was, uh, I said, Paul, the Lord laid you on my heart to speak at our, our, our sweetheart banquet. And he said, well, and he was serious. He was not being condescending. He was not being arrogant. He was being as sincere as could be. He looked at me and he said, now, Pastor... I'll have to run that by the Lord first. And he meant it. He meant it. And he came back to him and he said, Now, Pastor, Lord's okay with it. I'll do it. And I said, Praise God. And I don't know how many of you were there, 
I still remember the illustration. He had a triangle piece of paper. And he taught on love. And it was hard to hear him. We tried to get a microphone when we were in Ponderosa. And uh, it, it was a wonderful message straight from God. And guys, listen. Men like him don't have to be the exception to the rule. They don't have to be. They should be the norm. That's what we all should be like. That's what we all should be like. But we can't because we're seeking and setting things of the world. And you know it's true. And the devil's already given us reasons why today I'm not going to go forward and say I'm going to surrender everything and I'm going to seek the Lord and the things above and I'm going to set my affection, my mind on the things above, eternal things. And I'm not going to be bound down by these things on the earth. I'm going to surrender it. I'm going to live like I am. I'm going to be practically what God has made me positionally. And we're already making up excuses. Well, I, I can't do this. I've got to do this and this and this and this. I don't have time to do that. We're making excuses already. Put it to death. Mortify those members. Put them to death. Put on the new man. Put off the old man. Seek the things which are above. Set your mind on things which are above. Would you pray with me?